to Yo and Yo's podcast. We've had the privilege of advising Michigan businesses for over 95 years, and we want to share our knowledge with you, covering tax, accounting, technology, financial, and advisory topics relevant to you and your business. Yo and Yo's podcast is hosted by industry and subject matter experts, where we go beyond the beans. So if you want to stay in the know about business issues and trends that affect you, then keep listening because this is Everyday Business with Yo and Yo. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Everyday Business. My name is Pete Bender, and I'm the leader of Yo and Yo Wealth Management and a tax principal in our Saginaw office. This is our fourth podcast in our wealth management series. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about wealth transfer and several strategies on how to do this in a tax-efficient way. My guest today, again, is Matt Cash. Matt's a financial planning consultant with our partners at Advantax Planning Partners. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Pete. How are we doing this morning? Doing well, thank you. All right. It's a nice uh, warm morning and going to be a hot afternoon, so nothing better to start the day with, with a little podcast. What do you think? That's right. All right, good. So today we're going to talk, as I mentioned, a little bit about wealth transfer and, and ways to do that tax efficiently. So no matter how much you've earned or where you're at in life, how to go about transferring your wealth that you've accumulated to years is often a complex and confusing topic. That's why in today's podcast, we're going to dive into ways to transfer wealth more efficiently from a tax perspective and talk a little bit about some potential changes to the tax laws and regulations that might impact our wealth transfer process. Since today's topic is a little more tax-focused as opposed to financially-focused, we're going to turn the tables a little bit. And Matt, if you don't mind, I might have you pose a few questions to me to get the conversation going, and we'll see where that takes us. Absolutely. Yeah, so this is an important topic, and it's one we see in uh, conversations we have with our higher net worth clients. The goal here is to eliminate or avoid some estate taxes that one would receive upon their death. So we're going to discuss that a little bit and turn the tables here. And I want to uh, get your insight on some of these taxes. And if you can just, you know, first kick it off by talking about the different types of estate taxes that are out there. The main thing we we need to think about is is the federal estate tax. Basically, Anytime an individual passes away, if their estate, their total wealth, that's the, the total of all their assets, whether it be investments, the value of a business, life insurance, retirement plans, real estate, basically any assets they have, the total of that estate currently is more than 12 million. We'll use 12 million as a round number. That number changes every year for inflation, but right around right now it's around 12 million per person. If your estate is more than $12 million, you would pay an estate tax. And that tax can be pretty significant. Generally, the rate averages about 40%. And again, that's per person. So husband and wife together would have about $24 million of assets that they could accumulate before they pay estate tax. And this can vary, of course. If you do large gifts, there's ways to utilize your estate tax exemption, that $12 million exemption, before you pass away. That's a little bit more complicated. We won't get into the details of that, but generally that that estate tax, so that basic federal estate tax kicks in at amounts over $12 million currently. There's also a gift tax that we have to be aware of. And generally an individual can gift at any one time 
in any one year, they can gift up to $16,000 to an individual without having to report it to the IRS, without having to do anything uh, related for tax purposes. But if they gift more than that $12 million, then they would start to pay a gift tax. An another tax we have to be aware of is generation skipping tax. This applies when, when you want to uh, skip a generation and give assets to a grandchild. It's not as simple as somebody has significant wealth of multi-million dollars to just pass it on to their grandkids to avoid paying tax. If you do gifts that are too large to your grandchildren, you can either use up some of that lifetime exemption or potentially pay an estate tax as well or a generation skipping tax at this point. And then finally, the last thing certain individuals have to worry about is an individual state estate tax or inheritance tax. We don't have that in Michigan currently. We did years ago, but they repealed that. So again, depending on what state you have, they might have different amounts, different tax rates or different exemption amounts where you could potentially have to pay some state estate taxes as well. Thanks, Pete. How might a changing regulatory environment affect wealth transfer planning? So that's a great question. And there's been obviously a lot of talk in the news the past several years over this. This is a, a pretty political topic when it comes to elections and things. If you recall, during President Trump's administration, back then the estate tax exemption was about $6 million per person. One of his tax cuts a few years back doubled that to, at the time, it was around $11 million. And again, every year that amount goes up for inflation for cost of living adjustments. And now that's up to the 12 million. So so that was a huge jump at that point in time, uh, going from 6 million to 12 million, a lot less people had to worry about an estate tax issue. Currently, that law is set to sunset or expire at the end of 2025. So if nothing changes, if no other laws are passed, that $12 million exemption or whatever it is at the time, it'll be more than that, will sunset and revert back to about $6 million per person starting in 2026. So that's a huge thing that we have to talk to our clients about. Really makes planning difficult. It's a moving target um, when we do planning, but that's set to happen if, if nothing else changes. Of course, with the new presidency coming in here a, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk that that was going to change, that they were going to bump that back to raise taxes. That hasn't happened yet. I don't know that that will anytime soon, uh, but it certainly could. They talked about moving it back to $6 million. Uh, there was talk to cutting it even more back as far as 15 years ago or so. That that amount was only at a million. So you can see there's a, a huge change there. One other item that comes up a lot on the political side in tax laws is, is the stepped up in cost basis. So currently, Matt, if you pass away and you have a stock portfolio, let's say it's worth $5 million, and uh, but your cost basis in that is only $2 million. So you've held it a long time. You've had a lot of growth. If you gift that to your heirs, they retain your cost basis. So that $5 million you've, you've given your son, let's say, retains a cost basis of $2 million. And if he turns around and sells it, he has to pay capital gain tax on the $3 million difference. However, if you leave that to him on your death, you pass away and your son inherits that $5 million, whether it's investments or a piece of real estate or business, he would get what's called a stepped up basis in that. And now his cost basis is the value at the date of death. 
because that's what you potentially would have paid a state tax on. So that's a that's a huge break for people uh, that are multi-million billionaires. Um, they can transfer a lot of wealth and avoid paying the tax. So certain individuals don't like that. They think it's too big of a loophole. So there's been a lot of talk about repealing that step up in basis. I don't know how much traction that has currently, but it's just something we have to you know keep in mind. Thank you. What are some strategies that can be applied right now to help reduce those potential taxes? Obviously, it's two ways to avoid paying that estate tax. One is leaving that money to charity. And number two is divesting yourself of those assets before you pass away. And there's certain rules that even make that more complicated. Certain things have to get pulled back in. If you make a gift within a few years before you die, it has to be pulled back into your state. We won't get into that details today, but a couple of things we can do. I talked earlier about the annual exemption, the $16,000 exemptions. Um, an individual can get, give $16,000 to their children, their grandkids, their son-in-law, daughter-in-law, anybody, you or me, Matt, and up to $16,000 a year. We don't have to report that to the IRS, and it doesn't eat away at that $12 million exemption. So one strategy that a lot of folks use is as early as they can when they have significant wealth, start doing those $16,000 gifts every year to their family or whoever they want. Again, remember, if you do more than that, that starts to eat away at that $12 million exemption. Let's say for whatever reason, a individual wanted to give a million dollars to one child. They could do that. They'd have to file a gift tax return. They don't pay any gift tax, but that eats away at that $12 million exemption now becomes $11 million. So utilizing that $16,000 exemption a year can be a great strategy if you can do that over multiple times. Another benefit of doing that, doing a large gift, like I talked about, why would someone want to give away a million dollars right now? It's taking the appreciation on those assets out of their estate, right? So if a owner has a business that has significant worth and that business is growing and, and is going to continue to grow by giving, making those gifts now and even using up some of their lifetime exemption, if that business continues to grow, now that that growth is in his heirs, his children's estate and not in that individual's estate. I had a client years ago that really used that strategy effectively. It was a family owned business. Three of his kids were going to continue on. They were already working in the business. In his late 50s, he started gifting shares of the company stock to his family. And by the time he was, I don't know, probably late 60s, he had divested all of those assets to his three kids. So now that whole value of that, that company wasn't just in his estate. And with all that growth, him and his wife, he had split it amongst three kids and then and then three spouses. So there was three times more estate tax exemption that he could use to avoid paying that tax. So that was a, a great strategy that they used. Does that uh, 16,000 change at all? Yep, that's indexed for inflation. So uh, doesn't necessarily go up every year, but every couple of years it, it increases. It has mm -hmm. increased in the past. I hear um, a lot about contributing to a 529. Can you talk about that and maybe the bunching rule for that as well? Yep, 529 is a, a, another good way to transfer wealth. You know, taxpayers could put money into a 529. Again, a 529 is an edu educational savings account. If you put money in there, the growth that accumulates in that account, as long as it's used to pay for education expenses down the road for the beneficiaries or someone in your family, 
um, you never pay tax on the earnings. So if you put in $10,000, it grows to $20,000 over a you know an eight-year period. You can use that $20,000 for education expenses and never pay tax on the earnings. So that's a good way to transfer wealth tax-free to your to your family. The rules on that have changed. Uh, currently, you can you can you can give sixteen thousand a year into the five twenty nine without having to if it's in the name of a grandchild without having to file any gift tax returns. They also allow you up to do up to five years at one time. So that's a good way to get a large chunk in there without affecting your lifetime exemption. So a couple could essentially put in one hundred and sixty thousand to a five twenty nine for their child and and be excluded from the the gift tax. Yes. Yep. They could do that. You know, the rules on those have have been uh, less restrictive here recently. It used to be just for college. Now they allow you to do it for primary, you know, elementary and high school level education for tuition at parochial schools or private schools, even for tech schools, for training schools, trade schools, things like that. So there's a lot more expenses you can use that money for now and still avoid paying tax on those earnings. Um, you touched on this a little bit about uh, the stepped up basis, but what about donating appreciated property to charities instead of creating cash to do so? Yeah, that's another good strategy. Um, kind of a combination of tax avoidance and estate tax avoidance. If you have appreciated stock, so let's say you you bought Tesla a few years back and put uh, $10,000 into it. Now it's worth $100,000 and you want to make a gift to a charity. You want to fund something, a building project at your local church. If you cashed out that Tesla stock for $100,000, you'd pay tax on that $90,000 difference. Then you'd have to turn around and, and give the cash to the church. You can donate the stock directly to the church or charity or whatever it might be. You get a deduction for the full $100,000 of the value of that stock, the date of the gift and you don't have to pay any tax on the gain on the stock. So that's uh, has multiple benefits. And of course, now that that's out of your state, um, you don't have to worry about a state tax on those, those assets either. Can you talk about circling back, and I'm happy to as well, about the differences between beneficiaries of an IRA, whether it's a Roth or a traditional? Yeah, so another strategy, and again, this is a little bit more about tax planning maybe than estate planning, but it's still important to remember. It's good to be strategic about who you've designated as beneficiaries on your IRAs or retirement accounts. So um, as you may know, uh, the beneficiary of an IRA, if you leave your IRA to your children, your traditional IRA, a 401k that was rolled into an IRA, an asset like that, they would pay tax on that money when they take it out. It's called income in respect of a decedent. Because you've never paid tax on that IRA, your children would. If you leave that money to a charity, a charity doesn't pay tax, so they would avoid tax. So let's say, to make the math simple, my estate's worth a million dollars. I'm going to leave 500000 to my kids and 500000 to a charity. I've got, just so happens, $500,000 in an IRA and $500,000 in just an investment account. I would want to leave the IRA to the church because they won't pay tax on it. I'd want to leave the investments to my kids because they're going to get a stepped up basis. Even if I have significant appreciation in the stocks and those in that investment account, I'd want to leave that to the kids Then they wouldn't pay any tax either. So again, being tax efficient and tax smart about how you're leaving your money 
is an important thing as well. Would you say that um, clients should look for an estate planning attorney or when is a situation where that might make sense to, to loop one in? It probably depends a lot on the size of the estate, depending on how much they have built up in worth. It's always a good idea to get legal advice. You know, we don't write trust documents or wills or anything, Hillish, so it's good to, to have somebody on board to help you with that. We work directly with our clients and with Advantax as their financial consultant and us as the CPA to do those plans. It's always a good idea. Trusts are a good idea. Again, it depends on what the level of your estate is and how much control you want to have on your estate after you pass away. Not everyone needs a trust, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes there's other ways you can effectively pass your estate on to your kids without a trust, but it's always something to to be considered. Thank you. Um, do you mind closing this out and tying it all together? And you know what would someone do if they wanted to hear more about it? There's a lot of different things. Each situation is different. That's what's important. There's never one answer uh, that solves everyone's uh, situation. So um, again, key things to remember, get help. Uh, we're here to help you. Start planning early. Uh, the sooner you do these things, the better, at least think about it. So if you have any questions about your state plan um, that's in place, um, or if you haven't done anything and you know you need to do something, just reach out to your Yo and yo contact, whether it's myself or Matt or your CPA, and we'd be happy to set up a meeting and start talking about your situation. Anything Great. else, Matt, you want to add today? No, I appreciate your your expertise here. And I, I know I meet with a lot of clients that uh, this is very beneficial to, and we try to loop in their state attorney if they have one. If not, we can provide referrals. And uh, the goal is really to have every one working together to make sure that the client is, is best taken care of and there's no you know downside to their their financial plan so the more that we can be working with uh, you and and the estate attorneys uh, the better off the client's going to be in the long run so i appreciate all the advice absolutely thanks everybody for listening and thanks matt and y'all have a great day Thank you for tuning in to Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. Yo and Yo's podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, our website. Please subscribe, rate, and review. For more business insights, visit our resource center at yoandyo.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletters. We'll talk to you next time on Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast reflect the views of the speakers. This podcast does not constitute tax, accounting, legal, or other business advice or an advisor-client relationship. Before making any decision or taking action, you should consult with a professional regarding your specific circumstances. Investment advisory services are offered through Advantax Planning Partners. Commission-based securities products are offered through Avantax Investment Services, member FINRA SPIC. Insurance services offered through licensed agents of Avantax Planning Partners, 3200 Olympus Road, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Avantax entities are independent of and unrelated to Yo and Yo Wealth Management. 
Peter Bender is an Advantex registered representative. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. Avantax affiliated advisors may only conduct business with residents of states for which they are properly registered. Please note that not all of the investments and services mentioned are available in every state. This material is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment, tax, or other advice or an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any financial instrument. Indices are unmanaged, represent past performance, do not incur fees or expenses, and cannot be invested into directly. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Consult with your financial, tax, or other appropriate advisors on all matters pertaining to financial accounting or tax obligations and requirements.